So, today on the Thoughtful Equine, we're going to be talking a little bit about the horse show world. For those of you that are new here, (laughs) all of you are new here since this is going to be my first podcast on my channel. My name is Madison and I'll be hosting. So, about the horse show world, it's, in lack of better terms, crazy and hectic. So my experience is mainly in the English side of things, predominantly hunters and equitation, with some jumpers in it. So English. I've experienced Western, but I've never shown it personally. Like, I've gone and helped as a groom or watched, but personally never shown it. Also, most of my shows have been smaller schooling shows and not big rated shows. I've actually never shown a rated show. Thus being said, these are my experiences, and even though I haven't shown an rated show, it does not mean I am less valid as an equestrian or in that my knowledge is less valuable. It's just a different experience to what others have had. So to jump into the topic, I'm going to start off just talking about horse shows in general, not really talking yet on a specific discipline. So the first thing, and one of the most widespread topics just in the equestrian world is money. Money plays a large role, whether we want to admit it or not, in how we are as equestrians and how the equestrian world runs. So money. First things first, you know, you have to have a horse to ride. So whether that is a lease, that's a lesson horse, or your own horse, or anything else that whatever situation you may be in, you have to have a horse. And that in itself costs money. So if you're leasing a specific horse to show, because it's a, lot, a bigger thing where someone wants to go ride, it's very popular in juniors where they want to go ride maybe their first time in the three-foot division, so they lease a horse for that show season. So that would be your first cost. Horse aside, you have your mount. The next thing is the show fee itself. And show fees range depending on the type of show you're doing. And I apologize for any background noise, I'm in the car. So, your show fee. As I said, I've done mainly smaller schooling shows. So for my local schooling shows, depending on on property or off property, when I was on property at a barn I used to ride at, it would be $12. And if you were coming in off property, classes could be up to $14 to $15, which isn't super bad. Um, I think the most I ever paid when I was riding with three horses was like 180. Um, so you can do a fair amount of divisions for a decent price at $12 a class. But the higher you go up in like rated divisions and things like that, the more expensive it can be. I remember looking at pony finals one time before I'd aged out and the cost that they spend in total was like $10,000 to go to pony finals for the week. $10,000 on a show. Of course, that includes board and all those other things that you have. But just imagine spending that much money on a show. I personally never have, but it doesn't mean I never will. So shows can be decent, but they can also be super expensive. So you have money as one of them. Sorry, I'm quite distracted at the second. Um, So after you've had your show fee, 
that's paid for. Now you have your trailering fee if you don't own your own trailer. And if you do own your own trailer, now you have gas. And that depends, and gas will change depending on how far your show is. So for a local show for me, what my trainer cost to trailer, it was $45. And that really depends on who's trailering you. If you're going through a large trailering company, say for me personally, I live on the East Coast, WEF is a big thing. For me personally, to go down to Florida with a big team, most people would use a company. Using a company, now you're at a couple hundred plus dollars. So that's a big thing. And then after you're at, you have your horse, you've entered your classes, you've paid for your trailering. At some class, at some places, they ask you to pay an emergency fee, which pays like the EMTs, and then you have like a site fee. There's a lot of different things. And my point with the money is that it makes it very inaccessible for some riders. When I started out, I didn't come with a lot of money. I don't come from a family that has lots of money. We're middle class and working, single mom. And I work to pay for my horses and all that stuff. So, the amount of money it costs to show is what makes it very inaccessible. And it can be very hard. I know some riders, they save up all their money and they go to one show a year and that is like their biggest thing, even if it's just a small local show. And I don't think anyone should ever be made fun of for the amount of shows they go to, whether it's a little or a lot. And everyone, everyone's experience with showing is different. And that can be, can be because of money. If you have parents that are willing to fork out four or $500 every show for you, you're going to get to go in a lot of classes, meaning you're going to have a lot more experience than the person that works their ass off just to get in one division, meaning she has three rides versus your eight rides. So experience will change depending on your economical status. And coming off of money, money is also a spot of privilege. And this is when I'm going to get more into certain disciplines. So this first one I'm going to hit on with the privilege and bias is going to be the hunter slash ek world. So you see this come in at a lot more higher shows, but you do see it at local shows, but those people that are at the local shows typically ride at higher shows as well. You start to see um, a lot of things about like brand name clothes and tack and like big fancy thoroughbreds or warm bloods. And I love, I love me a good thoroughbred. I love all horses. But when I say that, I mean they're paying 10 plus for their horses, you know. And they have a $10,000 saddle or a $8,000 saddle. For some reason, my brain just keeps going to 10. Who knows? It's been a long day. But you start to see a lot more, I don't want to say judgment, but, you know, disgruntled glances and, like, ugh, look at her saddle. It has scratch marks on it. Or, like, you know what I mean? You start to see a lot more of that posh attitude come out in the hunter and egg world, especially the higher you get. Um, so that makes for a very unwelcoming attitude. And the reason I'm doing this is because I want to see change in the world, in the equestrian industry, and in how we handle horse shows. I would like to see horse shows being more accessible, money-wise, and 
being more accessible to where you don't have to have the prettiest tap. Should it be clean and presentable? Yes. Does it have to be the most fancy? No. And I don't think your riding should be evaluated on how expensive your tack is or how fancy it looks. So, moving on from money and privilege, that sort of thing, comes just the hunter bias in itself in the, um, and in the equitation, right? So, with that, you see a lot of hunter bias because hunters is just, it's based on the judge's opinion of you and your horse. Yes, it's judged off of movement and your lines and how you're doing it, but a lot of it is based off your horse's demeanor, how the judge likes how your horse moves. Like, you can love the way your horse moves, your trainer could love the way your horse moves, but if that specific judge doesn't like it, you're not gonna pin well. And it's not based off if you did well or did bad, it's simply based off the judge didn't like your style of riding and they didn't like the way your horse's style was. And that can be very frustrating. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the hunters. I still do the hunters and I've been raised in the hunters. But it can be very frustrating because it's not like in dressage where they give you their card and then give you their input afterwards. You just kind of have to figure it out on your own based off of how others were pinning and trying to figure out what style the judge really liked. And in the equitation world, I did IEA for a couple years and I loved it. Um, but it was the same thing. Even though your equitation truly should be judged on your lines and how you held yourself and correct equitation, a lot of times it boiled down to what me and my friends called the it factor. Some girls, you just knew when they went in the ring, they were going to be the winner. Because a lot of judges like that same type of flair and that same type of ride. And it doesn't necessarily mean they had the most correct act out of the group. That's just what the judge preferred. So that's something that in the hunter and eck world can be quite um, disheartening when you're showing and you think you're doing really good and you probably are, but the judge just doesn't like that style. So that's something that I wish could be changed, but I doubt it will be. Um, I think we should go back to more traditional values of your hunter should be about how you ride your lines. It should be, are you getting correct striding? And some, it is. Some of what it is. But in local hunter shows, you see a lot more just based off favorites. And that's disheartening and just frustrating. And then in the equitation world, another thing I see is plus-sized riders being knocked for being plus-sized. Not being knocked for improper riding or not doing it correctly, but just because they're a bigger rider. I'm a bigger rider and I've definitely been docked for it, but I've also done well. So I'm not saying all judges are gonna base it off that, but a lot of them will. And I've seen it in many cases where plus size riders don't do well in the equitation world. And I know riders that have changed from the equitation world and moved to hunters or venting or jumpers or something like that where it's not based off of what the rider looks like because they were being judged unfairly because of their weight. So that is one thing that immensely pisses me off and just needs to be changed. It should be about the way you ride and not your weight. 
And another thing in the hunters that I really want to see a change with is tackles. I don't think your tackle should have to be brown. Does brown tackle look lovely? Yes. But I don't think you should be like disqualified from your round or automatically out of the judge's view if you come ride in black tack. If your tack fits your horse and is efficient and is presentable, as in clean and tidy, I don't think the color of it should matter. I think the riding should be what matters. The horse should be what matters. And then another thing is, why can't they ride bitless? I think if your horse goes better bitless, or you choose to ride bitless because you find that is a better tool for you, you should be allowed to ride bitless. I don't think you should be forced to use a piece of equipment if you don't feel comfortable with it or your horse doesn't feel comfortable with it. And obviously everyone goes, oh, just change, just change disciplines. But what if you really love the hunters and the equitation? Why can't you? I actually might be able to use it. I'm actually not sure if you can ride in the Hackamore or Bitless in equitation. They're a little more forgiving in the equitation ring than they are in the hunters. But in the hunter ring, why shouldn't I be allowed to ride my horse in a bitless bridle if I want to? Let's say she's having a teeth, like a mouth issue, and I don't want to put a bit in her mouth. Why should I have to forfeit riding in this show if she's perfectly fine to be ridden, just she needs a bitless bridle? And maybe I really want to do the hunters. I don't think we should be letting tack make people leave a discipline, and we shouldn't let tack override the horse's well-being. It just, it saddens me. I know it's a tradition thing and stuff like that, but it does sadden me, and I really think that change should be made. And moving on into another discipline, we're going to move on to jumpers next. Um, I really like the jumpers. I find it is. I'm definitely the least biased of, you know, the disciplines, and I really enjoy it. Um, so with the jumpers, you're based off your time faults and your rails. So if you're knocking rails or you have time faults, that is what that is what's placing you in the jumpers. And so it's the least biased out of all of them. As long as they're hitting your start and finish timers at the right time, there's no bias in it. And I really love that. Um, they're a lot more lax on tack. Sadly, being lax on tack rules can also mean you have a lot bigger and harsher equipment, but that also means if I want to ride my horse in a rope halter, I can, you know? So I really like that aspect of the jumpers. I find it quite fun. Um, you don't have to be as dressed up if you don't want to. Some bigger shows you ride in coats and whatnot, but you can have your hair in a ponytail or a low bun if you want it and whatnot. Oh, and that's another point. And the hunters, it's not acceptable to wear your hair down in a low bun or in a ponytail or in a braid. But there's actually been studies done and research done. Um, hopefully, if I remember, I'll leave them in the description. About having your hair up in your helmet can disrupt the way it protects your head. And I don't think an aesthetic of having your hair in a hairnet should be placed over someone's protection. So that is something that really... Um, annoys me and I think that should be something that should be allowed to be changed because it is just as presentable in dressage or jumpers to have your hair on a low bun or in a braid. As long as it's clean and neat and respectable, I don't see why it's an issue. So that's another thing I applaud the jumpers for is you don't have to be super traditional. 
You can have color if you want. You can go very neutral if you want. That's up to you. You can use what tack and equipment you'd like to use. And that's something I really applaud the jumpers for in the least amount of bias. So, and next, in the next discipline I'm going to talk a little bit about is eventing. So eventing is a less biased than the hunters, but it still has a little more bias than the jumpers does. And reason being is because of the dressage portion. So you still have the jumpers in the eventing. You have, so for those that don't know, there's three stages in eventing. So you have dressage, stadium with show jump, and then cross country. So the cross country and the show jump are not biased. And the same thing with, it's a little more lax on rules. Um, there is some, there's more rules than jumpers for what tack and equipment you can use, but there is not as many as the hunters. So your dressage is the portion that can be biased, even though it shouldn't be. So dressage has become more biased as the years have gone on. It's become less classical and more based off of style instead of technique. And that's been a big debate in the dressage world. So. Yeah, I've just blanked on what I was about to say. However, so dressage should not be biased, as I just said. I'm doing great at this. But it has been. Um, so you do get a scorecard, and so you get to really see what the judge saw and what they were thinking, and you get feedback, which is very, very helpful. And most of the time, the judges are not biased. They're looking for the correct movements. They're looking at the accuracy of how you ride your test, and so on and so forth. In dressage, you get to be in your dressage portion, as I'm speaking about eventing, not just plainly dressage. It's typically, the tests aren't as complicated, um, but you ride in your coat, you have your helmet on, and you can ride with, you know, typically you ride with your hair on a low bun, and there's like a hairnet, you can get a bow with it, and it looks very presentable and very put together. And that's something I wish the hunter world would take on and accept in the aquitation world because it's safer but it's also still very clean and neat and then you go on to your show jumping phase or it depends on what area you're in which whether you what you do first eventing i mean um stadium or cross country so i'm going to say we move on to stadium next <clears throat> like you would be doing like a combined test so again it's like the jumpers um, your rules will depend on like which shows you're at and what agency you're under for your tack and equipment, but it's more lax than the hunters. You can have a specific color if you want, or most people for this portion in eventing, they stay with like a white or blue, something like that. But again, your rules, it's about having a clean test, like a clean round, not hitting any rails and so on and so forth. So there's no bias in that. And that's something I really approve of and really like. And then next would be your cross country phase. It's about being very bold, riding your course, and staying clean. So you really wanna have no refusals. 
Um, cross country is really about testing your stamina, is really about testing the stamina of the horse as well as their confidence because you have a lot of a lot of scary jumps and things like that. Okay, really? This car is being quite rude. Um, so it's showing their braveness and their boldness and their stamina. So that there's no bias in it. You can dress your horse up how you want. Most people do matching sets. It's very nice. And then you ride with the vest for your protection as well as your helmet. Your hair can be how you want it. So that's something I definitely approve of. You can have some pretty large bits on cross country. I've seen them in Treasure Bank cross country. Um, so something I want to say on that matter is if you're just bidding up to skip training, there's obviously, <laughs> you could obviously do some more flat work, some more transitions, and bring the jumps a little lower and not have to bid up your horse. So something I, that's very popular in the um, cross-country stage is just to bit up when your horse gets hard, like heavy or gets fast. And instead, I really would love to see people working on getting their horse softer and suppler and getting them to listen even when they're galloping or cantering in wide open spaces, you know? So that's something I would love to see a change in. But overall, I really, really love eventing and I find that it's a lot less biased than the hunter world, the Asian world. Um, and you see a lot more breeds of horses in eventing than you do like in hunters or egg. Um, so that's another point to make in the horse world, world is you see a lot of the same type of horse. You see a lot of thoroughbreds and a lot of warm bloods. Thoroughbreds have become a lot more popular, especially in the jumpers, and that's something I really love seeing um, because I really love thoroughbreds. I currently own a 14-2 rescued quarter horse cross. She's a mutt. <laughs> She's an amazing girl, but she is a mutt. And you don't see a lot of those in the hunter world higher up. You see a lot of big horses with big flashy movements. I won't say my horse doesn't have a flashy movement because it's kind of why I bought her. <laughs> But it's really nice to see in the eventing world, in the jumper world, you can see, you see quarter horses, you see thoroughbreds, you see warm bloods, you see Appaloosas. I've seen mules. <laughs> I mean, it's just a lot more open because it's not based on what a judge thinks. Because as a rider, I'd be a lot more willing to ride a mule in a jumper show than I would be to ride in a hunter show because I think even if you did well, the judge would be like, what the hell is she on? You know what I mean? Because a lot of them are older, old school riders that like a certain look a certain way. So I really like that you can ride basically any breed, but be judged fairly on it. And then what discipline was it doing next? Okay, dressage. So with dressage, again, it can be biased because it can be on the style the judge likes, like the front end movement or whatnot. But truthfully, it should be judged on... But truthfully, it should be judged on the correct movements, the accuracy of how you're riding the test. Is your horse going through itself? Is it using its body correctly? Is it supple? Those types of things. And most of the time, it is. So some things that obviously would be a good change to see in the dressage world is the training techniques. There can be a lot of harsh and unnecessary training techniques in dressage and there can be a lot of heavy equipment. 
So obviously we know real quick, uh, why can I say it? Having your horse bent super far behind the vertical and riding, that, the, riding them that way all the time is very bad for them. You want to have them loose and through in their back and correctly using themselves, not just having them bent at their, in their bent vertebrae in the neck. I cannot talk. <laughs> so we want to have gentle training techniques and have a fair partnership with the horse and not just force them through the levels. As well as bits can be very huge in the dressage world, like double bridles. Um, you can have some pretty harsh hands and not get docked. Um, there's, as you guys have seen, like the event world and the dressage world, there's been instances where horses have come out bloody and they didn't get docked until later on when people complained. And we should not have to complain to get results for things like that. Your horse should not be bloody when you're done riding them. Um, so I really wish we could have bitless. There's some places that will let you do bitless but it's only up to certain divisions in the dressage, and then rated, like, I think it's U, UD, whatever the rated freaking dressage thing is, I'm blanking on the world today, on everything. I would love to see bitless being allowed, because there's so many people that ride only bitless, and they're not able to show at all, because they do dressage, or they do hunters, and you're not allowed to, and I find that so unfair. And some horses go better in it, and some don't. I'm not saying that every horse should go around bitless. I don't think every horse can. However, I think that should be an option for people that do go bitless and for horses that need it. So I just find that to be something. <laughs> you know? Um, and spurs are another thing. Um, they're allowed in all the division, all the divisions, all the disciplines I've talked about today spurs I mean I think there's a certain length of spur that's allowed in certain things but there's some pretty big spurs in the dressage world being used and you know when they're used correctly and as a tool they're they're fine but when they're used to abuse and to force not so much so I just really want to see better training in general for all of them but also a little more lenience in tack as well as what tradition sticks like what traditions are used and upheld in certain disciplines. And that's really my biggest flaw in the horse show world is that bias and that tradition because there is pros to the horse show world. Even with all the money and whatnot you put into it, you make friends, you can find your family there, you have amazing times hanging out with your horse and your friends and the experience you get from it, you learn how to handle a horse that could be spooky off property or perfect off property, it's just a lot more experience. And you also learn how to ride under pressure and how to be judged by somebody and take that criticism and use it to better yourself. So I think there's a lot of good that comes from horse shows, but I also think there's a lot we could change to make them better. I'm not an advocate for the people that are like, hey, take away horse shows, they're awful, blah, 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 they're inhumane. I think there's parts of it that are inhumane and that could be changed, but I don't think entirely they're inhumane. I think if we change the rules to be more forgiving, that'd be much better. Another pressure I see in the horse show world is, this is specifically directed at young horses, is the pressure to push them faster and higher. 
I see a lot of like when I see like the four-year-old classes that are jumping like three six I'm like should you really be jumping your horse that high at four years old because I don't think you should really have your horse in full work until four years old I really I am a big advocate on taking your time getting the flat work there getting the proper basics down and really letting your horse develop before you're asking them to jump and gallop at these large lengths and heights so that's something I wish I could see a difference in is not have so many young horse classes at such large heights I think it's important to get your horse out when they're young to teach them how to go off property and be respectful but I don't think we should be pushing people to have their young horses jumping at such high heights and this that's why people think by the time your horse is 10 they're no longer worth it they're old their joints are bad and for those horses that are, they might just be genetically have bad joints. But a lot of horses that have bad joints in their teens is because they were overworked when they were young. We should really emphasize taking our time with our horses and really preserving the horse and their mind and their body. So that's something I really like to see. And then I would also, something I would love to see at horse show grounds itself, like the property, I would love to see paddock like individual paddocks instead of just stalls because I'm a big advocate of having your horses giving your horses space that they need and being able to see friends and whatnot and obviously at a horse show you don't want them in paddocks with horses they don't know that's how you transmit diseases that's not what I'm talking about but if you were able to have individual paddocks that would be amazing that would be amazing. Your horse would be able to move and have the blood circulating through instead of getting all stacked up in a stall and they wouldn't be as bored. So that would be an amazing thing to see at showgrounds. Um, another thing I'd like to push for the horse show world is just to not put so much pressure on who wins and who loses. Yes, it is an amazing feeling to go out and win. You're showing all that you've accomplished and you trained. And it's an amazing feeling, I'm not going to lie, I, I'm over the moon when I win. But I'm also over the moon when I don't win. Yes, I'm disappointed because I could have done better, but we should really be pushing the fact that we should be proud of our horse and ourselves and all the work we put in and not the 99 cent ribbon that we get. And that's a big thing for me and I really hope, if that's what you take from this, take that you should be proud of your horse always. Another thing is don't overwork your horse. There's people that go to horse shows every single weekend. Their horse is getting maybe one day off a week and they're pushing and they're pushing and they're pushing. Give your horse a break. Let them sit for a while. Don't always jump them. Give them a hiatus of jumping. Just take them out on trails, go hacking, go swimming. Give their brain a break as well as their body. I thank you guys for listening. I hope you made it this far. If you have, I really appreciate it. And I hope you guys enjoy your horse, think about what you're doing with your horse, and go have some fun at a horse show. Thank you.